we haven't met yet, I'm Melanie. Um, I'm married to Stuart, part of the leadership here of Real Life Church. Um, and it is my pleasure and my privilege to speak to you this morning. If you've bought a Bible, I will be reading bits out from it. If you haven't, I'll read it for you, so you'll be just fine. Um, I am a mummy. I have two small boys, Levi and Asher. Um, and I also work for this local church, and I look after um, the young, really. I look after the kids and the young people and look after their team leaders and look after what we do out there, but I also look after stuff in the community. I do this with a lot of help from a lot of people, so um, if you're one of those people, thank you. This morning, I really want to talk to us about the prophetic. I want to talk to you about a gift that I firmly believe should be used and that we should go on many adventures with. So if you're new to this kind of gift or you're new to spiritual gifts, I'm going to explain some stuff. But if you've been doing it for a while, I'm going to hopefully help you go a little bit deeper. I don't know if you remember owning your first bike I don't know if you remember the day that you were given a bike, or maybe you're sitting here and you're thinking, I have never been bought a bike. A little bit like, have you seen the Friends episode where Phoebe has not been bought a bike and Ross sorts her out a bike? So maybe you're sitting there thinking, I've never been bought a bike. Well, I remember my... Probably not my first bike, maybe my second or third bike. And I remember it because it was red and it was really shiny and it had white handlebars and a basket on the front. And I absolutely loved it. I thought it was the best bike ever. And I rode it and rode it and rode it. I had many adventures on it. I had many accidents on it. I think I must have fallen in one particular nettle bush probably every time I went out on it, to be honest. Um, and, I, and I remembered it so well. And I, I was speaking to one of my friends during the week, Abby, and I said, I don't suppose one of your girls has got a nice, shiny little bike that I could borrow. I'm not going to ride it. I'm just putting that out there. I'm wearing a skirt. Um, and she said, oh, yes, yes, they've got... And I just looked at it, I thought, can you imagine opening that? Imagine on Christmas Day or on your birthday, like, tearing open the wrapping paper and out pops that shiny thing. And if you're a kid, I'm thinking one of the first things you want to do is get on it. One of the first things you want to do is get out and about on it. Both our boys' birthdays are January, February, so very cold, very wet. But I don't suppose that would matter They'd want to be out on it. They'd want to be riding it. The whole point of owning a bike is not that it would stay at home looking pristine. The whole point of owning a bike is that you would ride it. The whole point of owning a bike is that it would get a bit muddy and you would go on some adventures with it. The whole point of owning a bike is that you would one day move from stabilizers onto two wheels. Our Levi's just moved on to two wheels. Oh, it's just so exciting to see them just riding free and waving away. And I already look at him on the bike and I think, man, the adventures you are going to have out on your bike with your mates. You see, bikes are supposed to be ridden, aren't they? They're not supposed to sit in a garage or sit in a shed or sit in your home. They're supposed to be outside ridden. They're supposed to get muddy. They're supposed to take you on adventures. You're supposed to feel the wind 
blowing through your hair. Well, some of you. Um, you're supposed to feel it, aren't you, as you're riding along. You're supposed to fall off and get back up again. You're supposed to learn and grow. Your bikes are supposed to get bigger. I mean, this couldn't still be my bike, could it? Because as you grow, so your bike needs to grow too. Your wheels need to get bigger. Your saddle needs to get taller. You can take a bike out and about for fun, but it can also be your mode of transport. You can use it to get to work and back from work. You can compete on a bike. You can do loads of things with a bike. You can also use it for your job. You might become a professional cyclist and compete in the Olympics or ride races or have people write books and tell stories about you. So if you've got a Bible with you, you can turn to 1 Corinthians 14, 1 to 5. And I want to talk to you about a gift that I firmly believe is supposed to be ridden, is supposed to take us on adventures, is supposed to get muddy, we're supposed to fall off it, get back up again. It's the kind of gift that we are supposed to have a lot of fun with. 1 Corinthians 14, 1 to 5. If you don't have a Bible with you, that is absolutely fine. I'm going to read it. If you don't own a Bible, we would like to sort that out for you. So if you don't own a Bible and you need some help with that or you'd like us to get you one, we would like to sort that out for you. So 1 Corinthians 14, 1 to 5. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. It says this, Let love be your highest goal. But you should also desire the special abilities the Spirit gives, especially the ability to prophesy. For if you have the ability to speak in tongues, you will be talking only to God. Since people won't be able to understand you, you will be speaking by the power of the Spirit, but it will all be mysterious. But one who prophesies strengthens others, encourages them and comforts them. A person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally, but the one who speaks the word of prophecy strengthens the entire church. I wish you could all speak in tongues. So this is Paul speaking. He's saying to a church, I wish you could all speak in tongues, but even more, I wish you could all prophesy. For prophecy is greater than speaking in tongues unless someone interprets what you're saying so that the whole church will be strengthened. So you can read on in the book of Acts, that chapter there, chapter 14, you can read on about tongues and prophecies. You can read on a bit more about the order of worship. If you really want to know a little bit more about tongues and prophecy and why we do it like we do it in church, that chapter you would find really helpful. So you can read on, you can read a commentary about it, you can Google some stuff about it and just research why we do worship like we do worship, how we use the gifts. It's a very useful chapter, but we're just going to focus in on that little bit. And I don't really want to get into the tongue stuff, but if you're thinking, I've got no idea what speaking in tongues is, it's just a heavenly language that God gives us that we can speak directly to God with. And sometimes you will hear people speaking and it sounds like a foreign language. That will just be tongues that people are just communicating with God. All that Paul is saying is, that is a really good gift, but I wish you would use this one because it's brilliant for everybody. It's brilliant for people who don't know Jesus. It's brilliant for people who do know Jesus. He's not saying that tongues is rubbish. He's saying it's a good gift. He's saying this one is better. 
use it. It's so helpful. So what is prophecy? I'm going to start you off there. I've just simply tried to explain it. It is the ability by the Spirit to hear God and bring strength, encouragement, and comfort. So it is the ability by the Spirit to hear God's voice and then bring it so that you might strengthen, encourage, and bring comfort. I will make a little tiny note there, just in case you think it's the type of gift that tells you what you always want to hear. Because you hear encouragement, you hear strength, you hear comfort, you think, oh, great. God's just going to tell me all the time how gorgeous I am and lovely I am and how much he delights in me. Sometimes the way that God brings comfort is he gives us a little shove. Sometimes the way that he brings encouragement is he brings us a little bit of discipline. So what we're not saying about prophecy is that it's always rubbing your belly and saying, oh, you're just lovely. It is sometimes saying, you are lovely, but I've got so much more for you. So sometimes prophetic words feel a little bit like they, they push you and they propel you forwards. Sometimes they feel like you get a little smack around the back of the head from God. You know that kind of sense where you think, oh, I should not be doing that. And it propels you forward. And you think, well, okay, I'm going to deal with that. That's not how I want to live. Prophetic words, prophecy works like that sometimes. It's a gift, I think, that we are supposed to all get out on and all make use of. It isn't a gift for the specially anointed or the specially gifted. It isn't something that we look at and go, oh, yeah, well, of course, they're leaders. Of course they would prophesy. The Bible's really clear that it is a gift for everybody. It's a gift for all. Uh, Even Paul said, I wish that you would all prophesy. And that is our heart. We wish that you would all, by the Spirit, hear the voice of God and be able to communicate it. We wish that for everyone. That doesn't mean we want everyone out of their seats every week. Can you imagine the mayhem if suddenly we said, has anyone got anything from God? And you all went, yep, me. And all we had was a massive queue around the building of everyone coming up going, I've had this, I've had this, I've had this. This gift is meant to be used in here and out of here. This is a tiny bit of how we use the gift in here. And there will be some who will bring it in this place, but most of you will bring it out there. Most of you will bring it in your workplaces, your lives. Situationally, most of you will use this gift. We will get muddy and probably fall over. And I want to put that out there because some of you will think, I've tried that before, I've heard about that before, I've been hurt by that before. That gift has been abused before. I, I've, I've, I've heard it and it's freaked me out. I think it's very clear if you want to learn to ride a bike, you have to have some gravel in your knees. You have to fall off a few times. You have to get some nettle stings. You have to. If you want to get good at something, you first have to be rubbish at it. Let's be honest. Do you remember the first time trying to drive a car? Parents, I tell you what, that must be the most terrifying thing. I was always like with my mum, just calm down. Now at the thought of one of my kids like driving my car while I'm sitting there. My mum used to hang on to the handles like, like this. And then sometimes one hand on the handbrake. It's like, what would you be doing with that? Like, so 
terrifying, but we all need to learn. We all have to start somewhere. We all have to practice. We all have to get stuff wrong. My parents bought me a banger for my first car, basically because they were fairly sure I was going to drive it into the gatepost, maybe hit a milk float, which I did, um, and maybe drive it up on the curb. They were fairly sure that I was going to have a few accidents, so they didn't want me insured on their car. We are probably going to fall off, make mistakes, get this one wrong, which is why we want to do it in the context of family and keep it safe. The same as when you're practicing to ride a bike, you have these on the back. You have yourself some stabilizers, don't you? Because actually, you want your kids to succeed and you want them to be able to have a go with a little bit of safety on the side. And what we're saying is church is a really good place for you to practice spiritual gifts. We're saying that your life group is a really good place for you to practice spiritual gifts. We're not saying run out there today and go, I know how to hear from God, let me tell you all about what's going on. We're saying practice this gift. Fall off this and get back up again. Get muddy. Make sure that when you're having a go at it, you communicate to people that I'm new to all of this, that I might need some help with this. Practice in your life groups. Make that a place where you can actually on a Wednesday night or a Thursday night when you're praying together, practice hearing from God. Practice reading things out from the Bible. When you're at youth, when you're out on a Sunday morning, practice together this gift. Fall off, get back up again. It's the best thing you can do if you fall off a bike is get back on the bike and ride it. If you fall off once and then never try again, you won't ever know the joy of how good it is to ride it. You won't ever know how good you're going to be if you don't keep having a go. Some of you in this room I know will have been really put off this gift, maybe through some of the teaching you've heard, maybe the times you've seen it abused by leaders or other people. What I would say to you is you might have a little bit of gravel in your knees, you might have a little bit of dirt on your hands, we need to ask God to clean you up and get you back on your bikes again. And sometimes that healing process takes a little bit of time of you watching, waiting, and having another go. I would strongly encourage you. We are supposed to desire this gift and we are supposed to use this gift. It's for everybody. I've said this already, but I want to underline that. It is for everyone. It is not for the superstar Christian this gift is for everybody. This gift is freely given and given out by the Spirit almost willy-nilly. Given out to those who know God and love God. Given out in such a way that anybody, if they want to, can access the voice of God, can hear him. Which is an incredible gift, but it's a gift given because you're in relationship with God. It would be crazy for me to be in relationship with Stuart, but say to him, you will never hear my voice. He might like that some evenings. Just put it out there, you know. But he wouldn't like it forever, would you? No. <laughs> 
It would be crazy to be in relationship with your kids, but say to them, I love you, I think you're amazing, but I will not speak to you. That would be insane, because we're in relationship with God. He loves to talk to us through the Bible, but also through loads of other ways, the same as we do in families, the same as we do in relationship. If you are in relationship with someone, you love to talk to them. You love to communicate. And in fact, relationships break down when communication is not happening right. God loves to communicate with his people. It is his favorite thing to have a people that are his that he can communicate with and be in relationship with. It is your privilege, if you are a Christian, to know the voice of God. This gift helps you do something with it. This gift helps you hear it and then pass it on. Hear it and then share it. This gift is literally to enable that which you get from God to be shared with other people. Most of you here, if you read your Bible, hear the voice of God on a daily basis because you are opening the word of God in which he speaks. Most of you know how to hear God You just want to do the next bit, which is knowing how to pass it on. There will be some, and and I'll say this, there will be some that will hold what the Bible calls the office of the prophet. So there will be those that prophesy, and that is a gift for everybody. But there will be some who hold the office of the prophet. So they're called in the Bible prophets. And there will be some who hold that office. And what that simply means is that instead of saying, I prophesy, they're a prophet and they hold the gift. So I would say that's something that I have and move in and am. I, I, I don't prophesy. I, I, it, it lives in me. It's a gift that doesn't come and go or I stand here and say to God, would you speak? It's something that I feel is just on me and has been on me for years. And I think it's just something that wherever I am, that gift is functioning, no matter who I'm with or what I'm doing. So there will be some who have that office given to them. The Bible's really clear about that, but everyone will prophesy. So you're looking at what, what kind of measure have I got, what have, has God called me to? It comes in different shapes and sizes, this gift, the same as bikes do. So if you go into a bike store to buy a bike, we bought Levi a police bike, and on the back of it has a little box on the back with cones in it. He loves stopping everyone and coning off an emergency, you know, um, down the path, and you've got to go round the cones. Ash has got a little postman pat bike with a, you know, a, a postman pat, like, basket thing on the front that if ever anything's missing in our house, it will be in there. So, you know, your car keys, remote control, mobile phone, you know, just slid in there. They've got different bikes, but, but this is most definitely a girl's bike, okay? Uh, we don't often see anything this kind of colour with that amount of flowers in our house. But you would also get grown-up bikes, you would get, you get all sorts of bikes, mountain bikes, you get racing bikes, off-road, road bikes, you get all sorts of different bikes. It comes in all different shapes and sizes. And I want to say that about the prophetic. It comes in all different shapes and sizes. And I want to show you some and give you some so that you can really get your juices going. Some of you are just, 
you're, you're using this gift, but it's a little bit boring. It's, you do the same thing every time. And I'm not saying I'm bored. I'm saying that actually the gift can just become this one thing. Oh, I do it like this. I read something in my Bible and I do it like this. Whereas actually it's a really varied gift. It's a bike shop full of stuff, stuff hanging up all over the place. So I want to give you some some help with that. Uh, So it might be that you read your Bible and something jumps out that you think, I want to share that. So it might be here on a Sunday morning, in your life group, in your own time at home with God, you read something and it jumps out and it won't let you go. Like all week, you're kind of like, it's mulling around in your head and you keep thinking, why does that stay with me? Why is it still there? It's there because you're supposed to share it. It's there primarily because God spoke to you, but because it's stuck there, you're supposed to get it out and you'll find that once you've shared it, you're kind of released from it. It's rolling around in your head because you're either supposed to post it on Facebook, text it to a friend, bring it here, bring it in your life group. It's sticking with you because it's desperate to go somewhere. And until you let it go, it just keeps rumbling around. So you might just have a phrase or something that, you know, you kind of... The other week I felt I was reading Hebrews and a line jumped out that was, uh, he is the source of eternal salvation. And it just kept rolling around. I couldn't get rid of it. And then in a couple of conversations, I found myself just bringing it in. Just saying, do you know what? I read this thing where God described himself as the source of eternal salvation. Totally mind-blowing. And once I'd shared it in a couple of places, it was gone. And and I felt like, okay. I I, I knew it was rumbling around for something, and it was rumbling around for that reason. So scripture, if you read something and it jumps out to you, and you underline it, or you write it down, or it lives with you, you are probably supposed to pass that on. That's prophetic, that's prophesying. That's hearing the voice of God, and that's sharing it, as the Spirit enables you to. That's it. That's, that's as easy as it can be. Pictures. You might see in your mind's eye pictures. So you might be someone who, who's quite visual and you tend to see like that anyway. And you tend to get pictures in your mind's eye that you could share. So you could say, you know, I, I see a picture of a field and it's, and it's a great expanse of space. And I feel like God is saying to us as a church, we're supposed to run out into the field and fill the space. But what you saw was a picture of a field. And you're saying to God, what, what's going on in the field? What's happening in the field? Maybe you can hear loads of kids laughing in it or see them running around. And you think, usually it's a static picture. So it's just something that pops into your mind's eye. And just think, oh, that's interesting. I went through a phase of seeing loads of banquets laid out. Like, just kept popping into my head. I was thinking, what is that? And, and God was speaking to me loads through it. And, and I just kept sharing it, just kept saying, this, this picture keeps popping into my head. You might have these things that are called open visions. So instead of in your head, you see them out here. So your eyes are open, but you can see something played out in front of you. So I've several times seen things as I'm, as I'm standing in a worship time or at home or just where I see things in front of me. So they're not in my mind's eye, they're there. And I see them like a, like a picture or like, like a, a still of a movie, but they're there. And, and you think, gosh, I can almost see that. Um, you might get stuff like that. You might have senses. So you might smell something in the room. 
So I remember once being in a room where I could smell um, candy floss, like really strong. I just couldn't get rid of it. I kept thinking, has someone got candy floss? Like, just making me hungry, really. Uh, and I, I kept smelling it, kept thinking. So in the end, I, I got up and shared it, because I just thought, I don't even know what this is. And as I shared it, I started filling in the blanks of someone who had a childhood memory to do with candy floss and just started sharing it and someone responded to it. But it began with just a smell. And I get that sometimes. I just smell something that I think, what is that? Like clean cut grass or newly washed washing or something that you just go, what's that smell about? And you know it's not to do with the room. Because, you know, there's no candy floss machine in here and no one's made the grass in here. You know, you kind of feel like, what is that? And you might operate like that. You might think, I smell things. Um, or I just sense things. I can feel things. Sometimes I felt a sense of, of God holding me. Like, actually, I can feel him side to side there just holding me. And, and I've just thought, what's going on there? Is that just for me or is that for others? You, so your senses are all part of how God can speak to you. So he's a really clever God. So he can speak to you in, in all sorts of ways. So, so sometimes if you smell stuff like a roast dinner, don't assume it's because you're hungry and longing to get home. Think, actually, has God cooked something up for us here? Has he got something he wants to share here? Uh, movies, sometimes I might see stuff actually rolling out in front of me like a movie where I'll see something going on. You have to remember that we live in the natural, but the supernatural is happening all around us all the time. So even as we're in this room, there will be angels. We're all the time living in a world where the supernatural is at work everywhere. So sometimes God lets us just peek behind the curtain and see what else is going on, see what else is happening. And if you're sitting there thinking, the only way that I've moved in the prophetic is opening my Bible and reading something out, maybe you need to start asking God for a bit more of the gift, a slightly bigger bike. Maybe you've got a little bit comfortable in how you're using the gift, and you need to say to God, I've heard about these other things. Could I try some of those, please? And because he is a good, good father... He often says, okay, let's have a go. Let's try the next size up. Let's see how you get on with that. Uh, You might have major events in your life where God speaks to you. When I had my kids, I had no real expectation of what God was going to do with that. I honestly thought pregnancy looked a little bit gross. And I, every story I'd heard about people having kids sounded pretty gross. So I thought the whole experience would probably be fairly gross. I was not at all prepared for it to be this completely mind-blowing experience. I was not at all prepared for how the ways in which God would speak to me about how he knits us together and what he's involved in. And I, I just wasn't prepared for that. But all the way through, my pregnancies, giving birth, loads of stuff where God was just like, I'm in this, I'm in this, I'm in this. And since then, I've felt loads of things that, that God has been talking to me about through those events, through those experiences. And I've heard people do it through grief, through horrific experiences where God has brought them to a knowledge of things they had no knowledge about before. And they have been able to share at a depth that they never would have been able to share before. So all of our events and experiences and things we go through, 
God is wanting to communicate to us, but also through us for the sake of other people. In music, so we, we're so blessed here as a local church to have an outstanding worship team who practice regularly, soak in the spirit regularly, are hearing God regularly. We actually, I think because this is our normal, we don't actually sometimes appreciate how blessed we are. Um, but also what I know about these guys is they spend time on their Monday night practices. Sometimes they have practices where they are literally experimenting in the spirit and they're playing things and they're learning to flow in the spirit and they're looking for God to do something among them in their hearts so that when they stand up here on Sunday mornings, they bring something that we can all get caught up in. And sometimes music, something, it just does something to our spirit that is just at a different level and, and sometimes God just speaks through that and you might have a song or you might have a dance you want to bring. I, I literally am waiting for this one, all right? So you might have a dance that you want to bring or you might have something you want to act out or you, you might have some expression that because the music has so touched your heart, something gets released and you think, whoa, what is that? I don't know what it is, but I want to sing, I want to dance, I want to express somehow the heart of God. Dreams, nearly all of us dream every night in some way, shape or form. I have known God speak through dreams over and over again. I've known him communicate to me personally. I've known him communicate through other people. I've heard dreams brought up the front here. I've heard people share stuff in life groups. Dreams are a really powerful way that God can communicate. A quick note to you, if you are a parent and your kid dreams, start praying into their dreams. So if there is an access there, pray that God gets in there. So both our boys dream. I'm praying like crazy that that is a place where God communicates to them and through them. The Bible's really clear that we will dream dreams. And, and sometimes those dreams are to be passed on. They're to communicate something to us. Uh, sometimes when I pray... I find myself, I'm praying, just like, yeah, God bless this person, yada, yada, yada. And then I find something takes over, where I find myself saying things that I think, where did that come from? I think sometimes when we pray, we open up a connection with God, where God rushes in. And so sometimes you're laying hands on someone or praying for someone, and you just feel a flow where you think, and you're not stopping and going, thus saith the Lord, you're literally praying in the spirit, the heart of God into that person. We should be doing that kind of stuff all the time, laying hands on one another and praying the heart of God in, just saying, I don't know whether you are aware of this this morning, but God has got this for you, God has got that for you, we should be all the time doing that kind of thing. In conversation, Sometimes I find myself with people talking and I'm suddenly aware of that sense of the Holy Spirit where you think, whoa, this feels a little bit different. And just in conversation, I would be saying, do you know what? God has got more than that for you. Or God longs for you to try this, do that. And you feel that sense of, oh, that feels a little bit different. That feels a little bit like God just turned up there. 
And I would say in conversation, if you know, sometimes when you're chatting to people, just that sense of God, just keep looking for that. Keep expecting that. Uh, Some of my friends who don't know Jesus sometimes will comment and they'll say things like, sometimes I just feel like you're suddenly talking and then everything changes and, and something else is going on. Or you just bring a bit of wisdom where I needed it. Or you say stuff that I was actually thinking and I wasn't going to tell you. And you just know that God's in that. You just know that he wanted to communicate something. And I often say very easily and very quickly, I often say, do you know what, sometimes when I'm talking to you, I just feel like I want to communicate the heart of God. I just want you to know that he's good and he's got good stuff for you. I don't make it all weird and say, oh, I was prophesying over you. I just, just keep it normal and say, actually, I just think God wants to communicate with you. He loves you. He's got a plan for you. Sometimes you might be writing out, I, wrote out, I write out cards at the end of every year to our kids' teachers to tell them how much we appreciate who they are and what they've invested in our kids. And I write a lot. So I write probably the equivalent of a letter. And I try to, within it, pray and say to God, what would you communicate to this person? And I, and I just communicate how much we value their input, their support, their help. But I also will write something about them. And so on the playground, not that long ago, Levi's teacher from last year just came over to me and said, what you wrote really affected me. And I just wanted to say thank you. Now, I didn't say I was prophesying, I didn't say I was doing anything. She knows I'm a Christian, but that'd be it. I wanted to communicate something of the heart of God into her life, and I really value her input. So sometimes it's just as simple as that. It's a card that says to someone, I want to communicate something of the heart of God to you. Sometimes it'll be something that someone's wearing, so you might look at what they're wearing and something jumps out and you go, oh... I, I really like that. I felt really drawn this morning to this lady here with the furry coat on. And I, and I know that God's got something for you, not just because you have a gorgeous coat on, but because actually I felt really drawn to it and just thought, oh, I know God's got something for you this morning. So I will prophesy over you this morning because I know in the heart of God, he wants to communicate something to you about your belonging and about you being with him and, and just him being for you, I, I'm sure. So sometimes stuff jumps out where you just go, oh, there's something there. I know there's something there. Sometimes you see past events. So you'll be looking at someone and you can see something that went on in their past. Something like a room they were in or something they were doing and it just kind of comes to you. And you say, you can just ask questions at that point. Uh, Sometimes it's words over people's heads. So you might just see a word appear. And some of you are thinking, man, this is, this is a little bit freaky. The way in which God works is immense, and we only tap into a tiny bit of it. The way in which he works is so varied, so colorful, so beautiful, we only tap into a tiny bit. And we have so much more that God has got for us. Uh, sometimes you might experience pain, so a pain in your heart, a pain in a limb where you just think, I know that God wants to communicate something to someone who is having physical heart pain or emotional heart pain. And I will sometimes do that kind of thing. In a, in a room that I was in, I might say that I can feel pain in my heart and I think there's 
grief in the room or loss in the room or there'd be different ways. Sometimes I might feel back pain or arthritic pain. I feel like there's, there's pain in the room and you think, I know that God just wants to communicate something in that. So don't write off these things thinking, oh, maybe I've just got a little bit of back pain. If you don't normally have back pain and you have sudden back pain, come on and leave. Ask God, what are you trying to say in that? It's the best gift, I think, that you can possibly go after, if I'm honest, because I think it is a gift that blesses everyone, encourages everyone, strengthens everyone. It needs order. There must be order to it. So we can't have a riot of everyone going, I want to bring this, I want to bring this. It's not a talent show. So it's not a case of, look at me, I've got this lovely, shiny gift that I just want to show off. It is a gift to strengthen, encourage, and build people up. We are supposed to be bigger, better. We're supposed to be stronger because we're each communicating the heart of God to one another. But it is also a gift that we can use outside the church very easily amongst those who don't know Jesus. It's a gift that you can easily bring out when you are amongst the lost. Okay, I'm going to try and finish up now. If you want to grow in this gift, the band, you can come up and join me. You need to be reading your Bible and get soaked in the Holy Spirit. This is a partnership with God. So you are hearing God, but you also need to be spending time with God. It's a partnership. You'll get stuff wrong and you'll get stuff right as long as you're saying to people, this is not the perfect voice of God, this is me and God partnered up together. And sometimes I get stuff wrong. It is what I would say to people regularly. I prophesy in part. Sometimes I get stuff wrong. One of the things I know I need to do for this gift is I need to be practicing hearing the voice of God, reading my Bible, practicing being in the Spirit. You need to desire this gift. God will only give you this gift if you want this gift. He's not the kind of daddy that is just going to shove it on you and say, I bought this for you, you're going to have it. I bought your bike, you're going to get out on it, all right? He's not the kind of God that's going to slam you down on it and whiz you off on it. If you want this gift, you have to ask for this gift, desire this gift, want this gift. Try it out in your life groups. Too many people try out this gift on a Sunday. I would say try it out and practice it in your life groups. Get good at it, get feedback, get help with it. Practice it over and over again. And get good at it. Not saying that this is the place where you show it off. This is the place where when you're flowing in it, you think, I want to start bringing it into a bigger context. I want to start having a go at it. Share it on Sundays, but think about the flow of worship. So if the worship songs are all about Jesus and we're honoring him and we're loving him and we're adoring him, don't bring a word about us. Wait on that one. Bring a word about him. Bring encouragement about him. Read a scripture about him. Get, get people going, oh my gosh, I love him. And then wait for the worship to flow where you think, now we need to get on to God's got something to say to us. So watch out for the flow. Just think, what is God already doing in the room and how can I add to it? What can I do with that? Look at having a go in different ways, shapes and forms. So if you always read out a scripture, always read out a picture, say to God, I might like to try something else. 
I might like to smell something, sense something, see something. I might like to have something out in front of me. Just every time I hear about someone moving in this gift a different way, I say to God, could I have a go at that? Could I have the next size up? Can I have a red one instead of a pink one? Can I get out on that? It is a gift I firmly believe you are supposed to use and use and use and work out what your measure is. You know the point when God has brought you to your measure because actually if you try and step out on it on your own, it loses power. So you know the point and we'll help you with that. If we think actually you've hit your measure, we'll help you grow that to the absolute max. I haven't seen anyone move where I think you've hit your measure yet. It's an amazing gift to be used. And lastly, you can come and have a look at these if you want, but good books really help. So this one here is called Naturally Supernatural by my friend Wendy Mann. Brilliant little book. If you haven't read this, this will just help you in growing in the, in the spirit. This is a book I'm reading at the moment. Nothing to do with prophecy, but some wild stories. Charles Finney, all about revival, that just blow your mind and make you think differently. This really helps. This one here is called Developing a Prophetic Culture by Phil Wilthew. It's a fairly new book out of the King's Arms Church. Absolutely brilliant if you just want to grow in the prophetic. If you're a life group leader, you might want to have a read of that. Just help you to create that. This is an oldie but a goodie, Prophetic Evangelism by Mark Stibbe. This is how you take this gift out on the street. Brilliant. I love this book. Some of it's wacky, and I, and I would, to be honest, just cross it out if I would do that in books. But predominantly, it's so good. So this is Host in the Presence by Bill Johnson. With all these books, you have to read them in the spirit and know the bits that you think, yep, that's good, and the bits that you think, mm, a little bit crazy. This is, this is a brilliant book. I Believe in Miracles by Catherine Coleman. Again, not about the prophetic. Oh, man. But about, um, but just blowing your mind and expanding your mind. And then lastly, this is called The Ultimate Treasure Hunt. So this is just a technique where you can take this gift out on the streets. It's another just good book to read, all right? You can poke around at these books. I love you to stand. We're going to worship. I love us to really exercise this gift wherever we are. If you are new to it, I'd love to pray with you. We will prophesy over some people, but let's worship.